Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Weaver Podcast. This week we'll be focusing on women's issues. Stick with us as we continue to explore this season's theme of connectedness, surrounding everything female, women's issues, helpful resources, how you can help, and more. And what a better way to wrap up National Women's Month than with a discussion about connecting with women. Issues facing women can be difficult to talk about, but it's important that the conversation doesn't get lost in the shadows. Before we get into our interviews, we do want to provide a trigger warning for mentions of sexual assault and violence. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. We have two fantastic interviews lined up for today's episode. First, we'll be hearing from Jessica Pleil, an advocate for women at the Weber State University Women's Center. She'll be talking to us about issues facing women on campus and in our community, how they can be addressed, and the resources that the Women's Center provides. We're so glad to have you here today, Jessica. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your position at the Women's Center? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So again, my name is Jessica Pyle. I'm the Safe at Weber advocate in the Women's Center. I support survivors of dating violence, domestic violence, sexual harassment and discrimination, sexual assault, among a lot of other things. Um, And in that role, I intend to support survivors and empower them to do what's best for them and make sure that they stay safe and they feel safe at Weber. So, yeah. Yeah, that is such a brave job, and it's so excellent that you're taking it on, and it's great that Weber has a program to address issues like this. So this might be a bit of a loaded question, but from your experience working at the Women's Center and being involved at Weber, what would you say are the biggest issues facing women at Weber State or even just in college in general? Yeah, that is a really multifaceted question with a lot of different answers. So I'm going to stick to what I feel I have the most experience with, which is sexual assault and domestic violence, right? So this issue, not only is it a campus issue, but it is a statewide, nationwide, worldwide issue, right? Approximately one in three women in their lifetimes will be survivors of sexual assault, right? So this is a huge issue. Um, Even if you don't think you know somebody, you probably do, or you have experienced that yourself. Um, In the state of Utah, we are in the top 10 for sexual assault cases, um, as well as domestic violence cases. So that is something that, you know, we don't want to be in the top 10 for, right? (laughs) Um, And so it's something that there's a lot of reasons why that is. And um, we also have statistically lower rates of coming forward to the police. And again, there are reasons why folks don't feel comfortable coming forward. Um, so yeah, sexual assault and domestic violence are huge. Um, I, I don't know all of the statistics off the top of my head, but I think that it's a huge issue and it happens a lot. Unfortunately, in people's college careers, there are sexual assaults that happen. Um, and so I don't know if that's the only issue, right, for women on campus. You know, I think that there's always issues for needing a funding and scholarships and, you know, single parents. And we do have a commuter campus. So there's a lot of other facets that I don't have expertise in. However, I do think that the issue of sexual assault and domestic violence are huge in our state and unfortunately are also a huge issue on campus, too. Yeah, those statistics definitely speak for themselves. So what's being done to resolve these issues at Weber? Right. We actually have an amazing program. So I'm part of the Safe at Weber program where we do a lot of work in collaboration with our police department and the Women's Center um, where we do uh, prevention trainings. So we have an amazing prevention team on campus. So Madeline Gassman is our prevention specialist on campus. And then, of course, the director of the Women's Center, Paige Davies, does a little bit of everything. Um, And so when we think about prevention, we think about 
bystander intervention. So how can you help keep other people safe? If you see something happening, how can you be a part of making sure that it doesn't happen? Or if something did happen, how can you get that person's support and safety after the fact, right? Um, there's also healthy relationships classes, you know? When we grow up, we have ideas about what relationships look like, and sometimes those aren't always healthy. You know, we think about even the cliches of like, you know, Disney characters. You know, I think about Belle and the Beast, right? Like she's in essence trapped and gaslit to stay in this castle, right? So we mm -hmm. think about these things we grow up with and when we think about relationships. And so having conversations about what a real healthy relationship looks like. What's that communication? What's consent? Um, what does it mean to have a mutually healthy relationship? Um, so we have those types of classes as well that we do. Um, and we also do like tailor-made programs for folks. So we work with our athletes for those types of classes. Um, and we're, you know, we're open to doing those classes for different professors as well. So like maybe in the Women and Gender Studies Department, right, and all over the school. Those are all really amazing programs. Do you think that there's anything that we need to start bridging the gaps on, either as students or as an institution or even as a state? I'm going to think on that one, and I'm going to add a little more to Safe at Weber because I only talked about prevention. So let's talk about the advocacy services as well. Um, so advocacy services on campus, that is also me and Paige. Um, so what we do is we support survivors in a very various different ways on campus, right? So not only am I meeting with folks to do, um, just kind of checking in and see how they're doing, but we do a lot of safety planning. So if someone is not feeling safe on campus, we talk about what that might look like to make them feel safer, whether that's asking for a police escort to classes, um, whether that is getting a no contact directive through the Affirmative Action Equal Opportunity Office, um, or if it's just saying, hey, I'm going to call my best friend while I walk to class, right? Um, we always want to make sure that we're meeting survivors where they're at and empowering them to make the best choices for themselves. Um, so we do a lot of safety planning. I also help folks with academic accommodations, minor ones. So if they miss a class due to having to get a, a rape kit done the night before, right, we're not going to want them going to class the next day if they don't want to. So letting professors know None of those details, but saying, hey, I'm the Safe at Weber advocate and this student might need a little support today and isn't going to be coming to class, right? Um, those types of things. Um, I also work really closely with if folks are wanting to report. So if somebody is wanting to report to the police or to the Affirmative Action Equal Opportunity Title IX office, I can be in any meeting with them so they don't feel like they're alone. And I have the privilege of always getting to be on that survivor side. So I... I'm completely in support of believing survivors, meeting them where they're at, and making sure they have somebody through that process who's always there with them. So that's really my goal um, in my role is to make sure people feel empowered and safe and that they have somebody who's always on their side. Um, those are some of the things I do. I do a lot of other things too. I do a lot of resource referrals, so talking, getting folks connected with the Counseling Center, getting folks connected with our community partners like the YCC, um, things of that nature as well. Wow, that is some great work, and that must be such an empowering and kind of heartbreaking job. So thank you for providing all of that for us here at Weaver. So you mentioned before about um, bystander intervention mm -hmm. and, you know, just making sure that students are educated and aware of these issues. Mm -hmm. 
how can non-female identifying students particularly be aware and try to counteract some of these issues? Absolutely. I think that that is a great question. Um, I think first and foremost, knowing how to support other people. If we see something happening, how do we support people in those moments? Do we create a distraction, right? Do we change or divert the the attention of the person who might be perpetrating a crime, right? How do we get that person away from that person? Um, it could be checking in with that woman or femme-identified student and being like, hey, are you safe in this situation? Like getting them away from whatever seems like it might be an unsafe situation um, and just checking in. Um, also, this is something that I always think is important too. If somebody doesn't feel comfortable intervening by themselves, seeing if you can find somebody else in the room and be like, hey, like this doesn't seem safe. Do you mind coming with me, right? Do you mind being a supportive person and let's make a plan how to get this person safe? And there's also confronting in a way that's safe. And again, I always want to reiterate that we never want a bystander to get into more danger or cause the situation to become more dangerous, right? So if it feels appropriate, maybe they're friends with the person who is doing the problematic behavior. Maybe they can just check in and be like, hey, you know, I don't think this person's very comfortable right now, right? Um, it's always funny because sometimes when we do these bystander intervention trainings, people will joke, oh, I'll just punch that person in the face. Well, you know, I know that their heart's in the right place, but we don't want to add more violence to the situation because although it might feel like you're doing the right thing by protecting that victim in the situation or that survivor, you don't know what's going to happen when you leave, right? And you don't know if that's going to just add fuel to that fire later. Um, so we want to make sure that we're always doing things thinking about that survivor's safety as the utmost and our own safety, right? We want to make sure if we're being bystanders that we are being safe as well. I think also um, male identified students can talk to each other, you know, and have conversations about consent, have conversations. If somebody makes an inappropriate or sexist or misogynistic joke saying, I don't get why that's funny. Can you tell me why that's funny? That's not okay. Um, we don't talk about, you know, other wildcats that way. We don't talk about women that way, right? Um, so having those heart-to-hearts with their friends and meeting them where they're at, right? And having those hard conversations instead of just saying, that was okay, you know, actually having that conversation. Even if it's awkward at first, those conversations are the ways we grow um, and the ways we teach each other. Thank you. That is some amazing, amazing advice and a really great perspective. So this is just our last question. How can students in need of help find you and the Women's Center? Absolutely. Um, and I also want to put a caveat in here that as a victim survivor advocate on campus, I work with women, but I also work with everyone across mm -hmm. the spectrum. So I want to make sure that male-identified students, female-identified students, folks who are non-binary, everyone is welcome at the Women's Center. And all of our victim survivor services are for every single person on this campus. Not only is it everyone beyond the binary, but we're also working with faculty, staff, students, and even guests. Um, so we are we try to be as inclusive as possible in the Women's Center. Um, so when you are, if somebody is seeking services for a survivor or for themselves, they can just schedule an appointment with the Women's Center. So you can call our main hotline, which is 801-626-6090. 
and you will talk to either an admin specialist or one of us um, to schedule an appointment. If it is an emergency or somebody is feeling unsafe right now on campus, one thing you can do is you can, of course, always call Weber State Police if that is a safe option for that person. Or you can come into the Women's Center and try to do a drop-in appointment. We don't do those typically unless it's an emergency. Um, but if that is an emergency and somebody's needing support right now, we always try to make sure we are meeting them where they're at. Um, people can also contact me directly. My office number is 801-626-6381. And my email is jessicaplyle at weber.edu. So if they want to talk to me, I'm here to support and empower everybody that I can and make sure people feel safe. Okay, thank you so much. And thank you for being here today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So now we're going to switch gears over to the student experience. Weber has a high amount of non-traditional students and a wonderful program to match, but for many female students, such as moms, they face unique challenges. Here to talk to us today about her experience is Karen Snarr, a non-traditional mom. We're so glad to have you here today, Karen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Karen, like it's been said before. Um, I am a mother of one daughter who's almost two. I grew up in the mountains of Colorado and have six sisters, no brothers. And um, my dad was a band director growing up. And so we have had a lot of music experience. Um, and that's actually my major is vocal performance. And this is my last semester. That is so exciting. Congratulations <laughs> on your you. last semester. So now that you're coming to just about the end, can you tell us a bit about your college experience? Sure. My college experience started a long time ago <laughs> in a land far, far away. Not really, but um, it started in Colorado. I started taking college courses for my college or my homeschooled um, high school program. And I almost got my associate's degree worth of credits there. Then I transferred to BYU-Hawaii for a semester. And uh, after that one semester, I took a break to serve a mission for my church. And then I was going to go back there, but something drew me to Utah. And um, I went back to school a few years later and went to UVU. So we're, we're at, what, three colleges now? <laughs> so I went to UVU for a year. And right before I went there, I met my husband. So um, we've been married for about four years. And so we decided to kind of get off the school track for a little while and just work and we bought a house and sold the house it's been kind of a wild ride so we're talking almost like nine or ten years since I came back to this school where where I'm at now in Weber and uh, my husband and I are both going here so it's been a long journey and we started back after I had my daughter we started back to school the fall of 2019 my daughter was only like three months old and it was it was pretty difficult. We were known of pretty much across almost all of campus as the mom with the big stroller, and I was on campus all day. Um, so yeah, that's when I started the last two years of my college um, experience. Wow, I could not imagine starting with a kid. That must have been <laughs> such a difficult decision for you. Yeah, we decided. My husband had been, um, my husband had been apprenticing as an electrician over the summer and he decided he did not like working construction. So he decided to go back to school and he's studying electrical engineering. And, and we decided like the week before um, classes started to go back. 
And so I was like, well, I might as well go back too, because then we'll get, you know, financial aid and I'll actually be able to finish if we're both going to school. And so that's what inspired us to go back. We just both decided to go back together and do it together. That is so sweet. I love that for you guys. (laughs) Thanks. So besides the obvious challenges, like carrying around a baby (laughs) on campus, what challenges have you faced that a traditional student wouldn't face? So first challenge that I can think of is just, you know, like we just discussed, is having a a child while being in school. Um, I was mostly exclusively breastfeeding, and so um, there was a lot of questions like how can I breastfeed while I'm in class like what if she needs me while I'm in class and um, I I just openly breastfed which most of my peers and professors seem to not mind <laughs> I mean I, I wasn't just like showing everything off but <laughs> I felt very empowered as a woman to to breastfeed my daughter that's how she got her nutrients and so I did that and I also was able to find some uh, lactation rooms. I really love that Weber has um, lactation rooms. There's, I think, one or two at least around campus that moms can go and just kind of have a break and have quiet and be able to nurse their baby. And I was able to, you know, have my daughter go to, for a nap for an hour or so sometimes. So that was a really relieving thing for me as a mom. Um, yeah, just challenges of having her and having to carry her around and um, being able to have her be watched while I went to some classes. Like, I, I really couldn't have her while I was in my voice lessons, um, though I did have to hold her and breastfeed her for half of one of my voice lessons <laughs> once, which was very interesting. Um, but So my husband and I, moving on to the next challenge, my husband and I had to really correlate our schedules so meticulously, like when we would wake up, when we would exercise, when we would make food so that we had enough food for the day so we didn't have to spend tons of money on eating out and so there was a lot of scheduling and planning that had to go into it that normally a student wouldn't have to worry about that's just a traditional student just you know either living on campus or you know at home and just able to come to school when they want and go home when they want go to work when they can we really had to focus a lot on how to how to juggle the schedules yeah that must have taken so much dedication so hats off to you that (laughs) that is a lot of work so you mentioned the lactation rooms have there been any other resources on campus that have helped you through this experience yeah absolutely um some maybe not so known things about campus that I really love to be a mom is is the wheelchair accessible uh, routes. I mean, you wouldn't think that first when you're like your mom, but having a stroller and having to go t- up tons of stairs is really hard. And so having elevators and other um, wheelchair accessible routes throughout through campus that doesn't take forever to get to one building to another uh, was really helpful. Um, the non-traditional student center was a really great place for us to go and just kind of relax. And there was usually food, friends, and fun there that we were able to to experience and they have, you know, the microwave and the refrigerator and the sink and stuff. So I was able to take care of my needs and my daughter's needs there um, a lot throughout at least the first two semesters, you know, until COVID hit. But it was really helpful and it has been really helpful for our college experience to have those resources. That's great that it worked out for you. So what advice would you give to maybe a non-traditional student or a mom or a student who's maybe not sure that they want or even can return to school right now? I think the biggest thing that I would 
say is make sure you have a lot of support around you, whether that's other students who can, you know, if you have a child, you can help watch your child while you're in class, or if you are married or have a partner, that can, you know, you can juggle that. Make sure that you apply for the financial aid you need because it's really hard to go to school, especially when you are, you know, have a partner or you're a single mom even, even um, and don't have the time to work a full-time job um, and provide the income for living expenses and tuition. That's been a really big thing is being able to apply for financial aid and receive scholarships and um, other monetary help from, from friends and family. That's been such a blessing and an incredible support to us. Um, so don't, don't say, oh, I just can't do it because I, I have a kid or um, I can't do it because I have to work for to live. There are ways and there are resources available and Weber has so many people who want to help financially and otherwise to get you through school. So just try it out and find some find some way to have somebody help you because they will. That is some great advice and honestly can be applied to so many students, not even non-traditional students. Yeah. So thank you for that. Of and course. thank you for being here today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. This episode came together through the Honors 4920 team with Kaylee Argyle as head producer, Jasmine Olson as host, Grace Mull as writer, Kenna Peterson as editor, and Ingrid as interview coordinator and assistant producer. An additional shout out to our music team and sound engineer Quinn Ulrich for making amazing things happen. And of course, we wouldn't be able to do any of this without Professor B and Professor Alexander, as well as the Studio 76 here on campus. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of the Weber Podcast podcast. Next week, join us as we talk about environmental connectedness. In the meantime, be sure to check us out on Instagram at Weber underscore podcasts, where we post episode updates, crew spotlights, and more. Last but not least, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Wildcat Rack. Wildcat Rack is the best place to get officially licensed Weber State apparel produced right here in Weber County. Made by Wildcats for Wildcats. If you bleed purple, check out their website at wildcatracks.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook for sneak peeks on upcoming designs. Shop local. Shop wildcatrack.com.